0: what we do, light them up, drink them down, whiskey and cigars all around,
1: cheers, y'all. Well, well,
0: well, well,
1: that sounds like a party. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome yourselves to this fine radio program, podcast and video extravaganza. Known worldwide, Hi, as the world famous smoking and Toastin'. To we are so glad to have you here for show number three hundred and seven. That's three oh seven. Wow. So when you, so you it by that, that would be that's yeah, halfway, halfway halfway
2: halfway to three hundred and thirty.
1: Yes, thank you for doing the math for me. I appreciate that. Got T- this. Today we're talking Yuletide wines with our very favorite wine person and uh, resident smoking and Toastin' wine expert, Mr. Mark Burrell. Welcome back to the show. Hi Mark. there.
0: Thank you for having me. It's always
1: fun when you're here, and that. <laughs> booze. That's only partially because you bring the wine. It's
0: also pretty fun. It.
1: It's fun having you. So, Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk uh, wines for the holidays, which is always a good... Now, we kind of did wines for the holidays back before Thanksgiving. But that was a different holiday. But a different that's holiday. a different holiday. That exactly. That doesn't
2: mean that the stores weren't already doing Christmas right before Thanksgiving, because I think Christmas started right after um, Halloween this year. Christmas started right it's after like Arbor Day. July 31st yeah. or somewhere around there. It started around. right Crazy. after Arbor Day, I think, Christmas is when it started. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but it's, uh, that's a pick. That's a Peeve, but yes, it, it does Dolphins start Christmas sales. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it does start too early. But now we are actually like into it. Now, now we're really into what actually it, yeah. should be considered. The Christmas, the Christmas and season. Hanukkah and holiday season. So now the parties are happening. Now it's time to pick your wines and what you're going to not only serve if you're hosting a party, what you might want to take to a party mm-hmm. as a gift, and of course what you might want to serve for your holiday meals if you're doing holiday meals. So. That's right.
0: I brought some fun things today. Okay,
1: good, good. And mm-hmm. I understand you brought bubbles, which I always get excited well,
0: about. Well, you know, bubbles. when it got to the point now where now I can't not bring bubbles kind of expected. to you. Kind of expect it. It has we, to happen. It's
2: just something than we do. So it's, uh, <laughs> If you didn't bring bubbles I'd be like who are you and what, what? have you done with the real mark?
0: Now this is the uh, I'm going to give you a little teaser. The bubbles that I wrote today are Wildly different than anything I've ever brought
2: I love that. Today. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. it'll
0: be fun. We'll have some fun. Well, I'll it.
1: tell you, the ones you brought last time were amazing. Yeah, so, yeah those were good. So those were really good. So uh, we do want to say special thanks to our guests from last week's show, uh, Maison Ferrand and Plantation Rum representative Greg Doxakis. Ah, that guy. Known to us as Dox. He's so and, fun. <laughs> uh, and then Adrian Stoner, <laughs> who actually may have known more about rum than than Docs
2: did, I think so. Which
1: surprised me because I didn't I think, think anybody so. knew more like about. She was like on top of it. Yeah, she really was. But uh, it's always fun having Docs on the show. And I, uh, I, I happen to notice the uh, the YouTube. Posting for last week's show, and of course, uh, uh, Adam and the Sky our producer always, you know, picks an image to be the still image, yeah. right? When you and in this particular one, it's Docs with his finger up in the air, like I am making a point. Everyone, pay attention. I am Docs. Uh, anyway, it was it was a very fun show. We. Um, I think we gave new uh meaning to the phrase the show has gone off the rails. <laughs> yeah, I think we did I it think, so many. Not only times. was it long because, you know, yeah. we
2: we just he's so fun. Yeah, so interesting and uh and she was so fun and interesting that we just we just kept going. It was a lot There's
1: almost no topic you could like detour um, into that he didn't have something to offer. I
0: think so. Off the Rails describes my last meeting with Docs. 100 percent.
1: 100 percent. So, Mark, having Docs one week and you the next week, it just makes me feel like the show's on a roll. You know this what I mean? Is, this <laughs> is good stuff. It's a very, very good thing. And we're looking forward to tasting the wine. We'll also be tasting some tequila today. Some El- And I've not had—Ian, you're going to not believe this, but let me get this tequila bottle. That's tequila. Well, this is tequila. It's a tequila añejo. And what do you notice about it right away? That's unusual it's, for a tequila that I bring in. Uh,
2: it's it's very strange. It's like this whole top part has not been tampered right, with. Right. It's it's actually
1: enclosed, <laughs> and uh, the safety uh, standards, safety measures have not been taken. The safety,
2: the safety in this in this structure right now is, but, is, is breaking down. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So generally speaking, you peel the plastic off so no one can get a plastic cut, and then right. you clear the top of the bottle of a little bit of. You pour off a little bit to make sure that there's less spills and things like that. Exactly. So
1: that won't be happening today. So I'm going to just urge you to proceed with a great deal of
2: caution. You know, even though I was born in the 70s, and that was way before safety was invented, um, (laughs) I, uh... <laughs> I, uh, I still I, I still manage to practice it somewhat, and I do have glasses, so I mm-hmm. think I'm the one to open this. Oh yeah, it would help like, protect like anything from protect getting the eyes. Yes. All right. so we'll look
1: forward to that when we get to tequila time. It is a uh, uh, a tequila called El Mayor, and it's their uh, tequila añejo. So.
2: It looks beautiful. Uh, it does look very but, nice. But, you know, I saw the bottle just kind of from the side. It looks very much like a bourbon bottle mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, it does. In fact, that was the first thing I thought of when I saw the bottle is it looked very bourbon usually, usually when I see tequila, it's more
0: round or very or, or very squared, squared or yeah. Yeah, triangular. There's a, there's a rum that's made in Colombia that is in a bottle that's very similar to that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think this may be a, a fairly standard shape for a spirit bottle. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 manageable. It did, you know, and and it also what I liked about it when I picked this one just very randomly, at uh, at my local specs is that it wasn't trying too hard to be, because there, there's some of them now that the tequilas are just trying so hard to get noticed on the every shelf. catchphrase, right, right. bright or, color, or, or yeah, or it's in some sort of ceramic, you know gun or you know something you know, like something they're trying to do to stand out on this yoff
2: and this was just like are, are you trying to tell here, me the, the tequila that's poured into a rifle yeah. for your pleasure is not delicious i'm just saying they're going a little
1: further so i have
2: i need to bring it on the show at one point in time my brother as a joke bought me a tequila that actually came in a 750 millimeter flask <laughs> that's um, kind of cool i did open it at some point in time and my initial response was it's not as bad as i thought i was okay but uh and the next time we need to bring something that's questionable on the show i can bring that you seem to be the guy that brings the questionable things. I'm going to keep the flask, though, because the flask is a 750-millimeter flask. That's your role. If it's malort. comes in handy.
1: If it's malort, you bring
2: it. That's an easy way to pack it.
1: If it's that disgusting mead that I wouldn't even taste, (laughs) uh, you're the guy that brings it. That smelled so bad. Ian brought a mead. I'm not kidding. It was a a mead that (laughs) comes in a can. And when he opened the can and poured it into a cup... He passed it to me. It was, it was, and I'll try anything, right? It was so I mean, hard not to react I when mean, I just opened know, it. I was like, <laughs> I, I've had uh, you know all kinds of things. I've I've had Malort, You know, if if we were all on a dare to drink Malort, I'd try it again, right? I couldn't bring myself to take a
2: sip. It was that bad. It was uh, yeah. Was it the aroma or the viscosity? Oh, it was it was everything about the the aroma <laughs> was horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but everything about and, it, you're and right. in my defense I knew that it was that bad mm-hmm. because I had opened one before. I bought a four pack of it because it looked interesting. It was called Black it did Cherry look interesting, Mead. Yeah. And um and there are some meads that I think are actually pretty good. This one, uh, I'll have to remember the name of it, but it's actually a mixture of mead and wine with black currant in it, and this is amazing. Um, as weird as that sounds, it's really good. Okay. But, okay that's <laughs> gonna a challenge take, I'm going to find gonna it You can take your word for it I think <laughs> I'm going to find it and you'll be like I this, can't one, this. this one this one was not, was that, not amazing well, the first Oh, it was amazing the first but not one, in one I opened way. I opened uh and I poured it in a glass and I was like well it has an interesting fragrance I took a sip and I was like ooh. So that one went away And so um, immediately he
1: thought I have to take this into cruise
2: and Well make no him no taste immediately I, think I, might I took be it out of town on that day Immediately I took it into my uh My brew club And and I had them have it as a taster Yeah, and had to go over there Oh yeah, man, about the same way (laughs) (laughs) Then I brought one can in here And I'm not sure what happened to the other can It was four of them total, so I don't know
1: Yeah, well, maybe by... (sighs) The grace of some unknown fun. force that has been removed from your refrigerator. Hey, so. man,
2: I've brought other interesting things like that <laughs> rum.
1: Oh, sure, oh, yeah, that was <laughs> awful too. See, see, the more awful something is that we have on the show, the more well, likely I it supplied, is that Ian brought it. I supplied
2: it. the show with uh, uh, malt liquor that time, too. You, uh,
1: and and I rest my
2: case. Thank you. I, Good I night.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're, you're doing yourself any
2: favors. Here. <laughs> should not be my own lawyer. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> I should not represent myself. Is that what you're saying?
0: Also coming
1: up on the show today, we have. Uh, a (laughs) The countdown has begun. Every uh, year end, at about this time, Cigar Aficionado begins to release their top cigars of the year. And as of the time we're recording this show, numbers uh, 10, 9, and 8 have been revealed. So we'll tell you what those are. So the way they do it is they do 10, 9, 8, and they go all the way up to number 1, and then they release in one batch uh, everything from twenty-five to ten. Yeah. So, uh, so this is how the countdown starts, and it's already pretty interesting. So, we'll. Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens this year. Not so much because they always nail it; they always get the best cigar at number one, but because of how it changes. The cigar it'll, it'll industry for the next year. Yeah, yeah. it'll
2: change whatever company. Uh, anything guess, that's, number one.
1: Anything that scores really yeah, their high. Their life has it, changed for it, the next it, few months it, immediately. Exactly, exactly. We also will talk about uh, the fact that uh, beer sales are up, but spirit sales are surging, apparently. Surging post pandemic, if it really is post pandemic. So if beer sales sure are up is,
2: and spirit sales are surging, that means people are
1: drinking. People are drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about that, and of course we'll uh, come around to. The time for our most popular uh, segment on the program. Surprisingly, uh, it is still the most popular. Although, who knows after today's story if that will continue. Uh, drinking news is our uh, is our a little special uh, segment, and uh, today on drinking news, your uh, teaser headline. Wow, this drink tastes funny. See how that fit in with what we were talking about uh, nice. earlier? Yeah, it was almost like a. You could almost call it a segue. You should do this for a living. And not the kind that you ride. Not the kind you Did, ride. Yeah, right.
2: You know, I, I got to tell you, remember when Segways were kind of like the thing and people would like come out on stage during award programs and stuff? Oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. That? Which, uh, I, I have ridden a Segway, mm-hmm. and they're really fun. They are? No one looks cool on
1: one. <laughs> like, no one. Oh, you haven't seen my wife. She's a Segway speed demon. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> she gets that helmet on and, b- zoom, she's off. Did you guys ever see that? What was the, uh, Corey, Corey Feldman? Did you ever see him do his, uh thing where he comes no. out on stage he comes and out on one of those, not on a Segway. Oh, no, just the, those like little, those little boards? Like boards yeah. and then buses, buttons.
1: Now the thing, though, is the scooters because they're all over downtown where I live. The, scooters, yeah. the kids on the scooters. you can just rent it. Hundreds you know, you just, of them. Hundreds. just swipe of them your card and go ride it around. Exactly. exactly. I it's, haven't ridden one. Of I've never done that. I have no desire to ride one of those. Segway's fun, but I don't I don't need to ride a scooter. It's okay. If they had a just scooter me. thing I'm by a, my
2: house, I might scooter to your house.
1: Oh, See...
2: That would be interesting. I could just ride my bike, though.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why not just ride your bike? That's or that's, drive. That's all I've got I'm a guy like. that parks my car. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> so uh, this is the time of year when everything starts to shift around. You know, from a time standpoint, you're either much busier than you've been all year, or you're not nearly as busy as you've been all year, depending on. You know what it is you uh, what it is you do for you? I'm guessing it's busier. right? It's busy. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's crazy.
2: Yeah. We uh, guys it, doing holiday parties and everything. Oh up there? God, you, you guys, have you like have forty a party week. rooms, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Right. So, um, um, we're talking about the Rainbow Lodge sure, here, right, right. and and at the lodge, it's 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 a it's an old log cabin, so it's made up of a bunch of smaller spaces, um, and they're all booked. Like, right, and They is. have been since March. Um, and it's just nuts how they just all pop up. And the next thing you know, there's a party of 70 over here and a party of 15 <laughs> over here. And, a party. and it's every day, you know, you know for the last right, few right. weeks. And uh, this coming week is another very, very busy uh, one for us. And then we take a, a little, well, you little guys, break. Also in
2: December, too, here in Texas, uh, the weather's been somewhat chilly in the 68 to 65 range. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and somewhat going up to, like, the low... People are cursing you, you
1: Realize right now, um, other
2: states, and when it's not actually raining, because our humidity has been—and I'm not joking about this. Look it up. It's been 90. percent mm-hmm. But when it's not actually raining, you guys have that beautiful patio, and yeah. I'm sure it gets full. Like in it's that not, kind of weather,
0: it's been it's been full the last few weeks now yeah. because we've we've had fortunate weather for patio weather, um, and even if it gets a slight. Chill. I mean, not too cold, but a slight chill. We've got heaters out there. We got patio heaters. And and stuff it really working, works. Yeah.
1: Just to back up, you said uh, the building was originally a log cabin. Now, I knew it was a log cabin, but I I always just sort of assumed it was built that way to be the Rainbow Lodge. So no, was um, it an existing
0: log cabin? It was. It's it's been there for 120 years or so. Wow. Um, it was. Uh, it's been many different things. It was built with local materials as a home. Um, at Ella and, and um, T.C. Jester, back then, there was nothing out there. and So it was in the middle of nothing mm-hmm. on yeah, a nowhere. creek.
2: And that, was, that was the
0: suburbs. It was really nice. And, um, you know, <clears throat> we, we're celebrating our 45th anniversary as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and But we've been in that location only 15, 16 years or so. Um, yeah, the first time I went to the Rainbow Lodge was over off Memorial. Right. And that was a beautiful
2: place, and On and, it, and
0: it's really nice. And the thing yeah. is, is that, um, uh, you know, that place... <laughs> The place floods, and if fortunately, the owner, the current owner of that place, can afford to swap out the kitchen at a, on a whim, oh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> as you will. But the um, the, the restaurant, the, and it's been many things over the the, the current lodge has been mm-hmm. many things over the years. Most recently, uh, it was a French restaurant called La Tour de Jean, no relation to the fancy one in Paris, um, and and and. They have, uh, we think maybe to protect its structural integrity, built a building on top of the log cabin, Right. so that when you walk in, you still see the log cabin. You're still dining inside the log mm-hmm. cabin. There's
2: a roof over it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there's, it, it's held up. And what it does, it also bought us um, a little space um, to walk to the get to the bar. It bought us right. the bar. It bought us a big room in the back. It's, it's, um, it's nice. And I encourage all the listeners, if you haven't been in a while, I mean we've been there 45 years. So we're not going anywhere. But uh, if you haven't been, come see me and. Uh, Ask for me and I'll pour you something. It's nice. a beautiful building. So, when you, you walk
2: good. in, you really get the old school lodge feel. Oh, it's not sure. like it's not like one of those prefab places where they go, okay, a, a newfangled place that, built to resemble a lodge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that lodge like thing goes over there. No, this actually feels <laughs> like that. You know? Well, and
0: not only that, but in the in the main rooms, you can see that the floor is actually original, and that the the, the logs in the mm. room is actually original. And there's these big cedar trees that hold up the roof, and those are original. Right. The fireplace. I mean, it's a really stunning place this time of year, especially. Yeah, yeah, it's really good and cool. And weather, it's yeah. all dressed up
2: for the holidays. Lights oh, everywhere. Fun. It's beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet you guys have the uh, patio looking amazing. Oh,
1: it's great. Yeah. It's great. People
2: awesome. love it. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Well, Ian, have you had an opportunity to smoke anything interesting this week?
2: Recently, yes. I just got <sighs> back from Casa de Monte Cristo earlier. I love that place. I wandered around a little bit. I was trying to decide what to get. I uh, I um I picked up a cigar that I picked up last week. Mm -hmm. I picked up one because I was like, "Oh, that sounds fun and interesting," and then I smoked it, and I was like, "Hmm, "I'm going to go ahead and review this one." Okay. The Tatuaje has re-released. They have a a series of cigars they put out a few years back called Monsters. I don't know if you remember that, but they had a cigar for you know notable monsters of literary history, Godzilla and whatever. Right, right. So this one, they they. Uh, put it out again. It's the Redux Number Two, uh, Tatuaje the Drac. Oh, nice. so this is the Dracula theme cigar, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that translates to a cigar. Yeah, I'm not either. But uh, but, <laughs> but it's interesting marketing. Nonetheless, <laughs> it was, right? that's right. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's uh, well, it's a Bellicosa. So it's a six and three quarter by fifty two. So it's a pretty good size cigar. Ecuadorian Habano Maduro wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler. The appearance on this dark espresso brown. Toothy wrapper, oily and veiny, firm with some uh, somewhat lumpy kind of uh, texture to it. The uh, the band on it is a simple black uh, thin band with blood red lettering that says Tatouage and has a the little. Mm. Uh, they they always seem to go for the
1: simple bands. They you know? do, yeah. they
2: do, and I like that. It looks basically like they're like the the standard brown band that they have, but with the blood red lettering. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of a classy thing to just mm-hmm. to just make it simple. The uh, pre light sniff on this earthy leather. Barnyard, uh, sweet mocha and coffee. The pre-light draw, sweet mocha. Um, oh, I used uh, a clip and it was effortless. I put that in the wrong part for some reason. I put that under the uh, initial light, but let's let's go ahead and edit it here in my f- head. Okay. Uh, the, the I used a clip. It was an effortless draw. Sweet mocha coffee, earthy and uh, leathery with a kiss of wood. Um, the initial light, the cl- uh, the uh, sweet coffee and pepper draw you in. Cedar and oak lock you into this monstrous cigar. Uh, retrohale is wood cedar leather and pepper uh, wood leather and pepper i don't know why i said cedar the uh cedar is wood it is true but it actually so oddly enough cedar is what you usually get on cigars but this one wasn't mm-hmm. cedar mm-hmm. the uh first third of the cigar this alluring cigar immediately captures the scent uh, the senses with a charming mocha and sweet coffee followed by a uh, followed stealthily by leather and oak a dark pall of leather and pepper hangs over the entire palate Retro-hale is oak, toast, and pepper, appallingly solid ash, and razor burn. Mm. You see where I'm going with this?
0: <laughs> I'm wondering. The second third of this, so was called the Dracula, so I, I, I'm I trying yeah, to create a okay.
2: feel there. The second third of this, surrounded by a creeping fog of cigar smoke, the senses are seduced by dark coffee sweetness, oak, and gossamer notes of leather and earth, while dark fruit and a shadow of licorice teases the lips. Retrohale is skinningingly sweet with uh, toast, oak, and pepper. Ghoulishly solid ash, razor burn. Not razor burn, but you know, like a razor. Yeah, razor shot. Part, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was Got it. curious about how I should razor say razor straight. <laughs> the look that I'm getting from Mark is awesome. The last of the cigar for you to do. Held captive your by the Accent. Is what he's doing. <laughs> held captive by the torrent of taste. This uh, uh, full flavored fiend finds his final resting place with mounds of oak, earth, leather, and sweet coffee, with lurking wisps of chocolate, mocha, toast, and pepper. Retro Hail is bitter, sweet oak, toast, leather, and pepper, ghostly solid ash, and razor burn. Now, I just feel like I got uh, razor burn. Uh, Maybe uh, I should have uh, changed that uh. one. <laughs> Whatever was that? Three. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to go with the theme of the cigar. Uh. All right. Um... I had some sweet alliterations in there, though. the, the, the yes. uh, Full-flavored fiend finds his final resting place. Yeah, that was pretty good, right? All right anyway, uh, the uh, the price to quality on this one. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> Little pat on the shoulder there. Thank you. Yeah. I feel you, know, you feel, feel appreciated, don't yes. you? Yeah. Um, uh, this is a thirteen dollars cigar. Mm. It is a big cigar, though. It is mm-hmm. uh you know six and three almost seven inches by fifty two. Uh, it's thirteen dollars. It's fantastic. I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, I gave it a 5.5. 5. This is as good as a lot of cigars that I've had in the 15 uh and $16 range all day long. It's a 5.5. 5. Oh. You know. <laughs> Something you know, about, I had some pretty good bangers uh, in I, there, I, and you I'll, guys I'll, I'm, almost I'm, no reaction. Yeah, well, because we, we, we were thinking about Sesame Street, so <laughs> that's where it was. That's where appallingly it was. solid
1: ash and razor burn. Come on, I, I saw. I saw, I got the appalling, appalling, appallingly solid. Yes. Uh, well, I have no such uh, alliteration in my uh, cigar review notes here, uh, but I will tell you that uh, this week I smoked the Crowned Heads Las Calaveras, uh, the twenty twenty one. Version of this cigar.
2: I saw your cigar notes. I almost picked that up just to do the same one. Yeah, I I I thought thought it would be interesting to go something different.
1: Well, uh, let me tell you about mine. The Crown Heads Las Calaveras line is perhaps the longest running annual limited edition cigars in production. Crown Heads has released them for almost ten years. With uh, Las Calaveras, as we know, being Spanish for The Calaveras I think that translation
2: is correct Mm -hmm. I
1: look it up on uh, Google Calaveras Mm -hmm. actually translates roughly to skulls Which brings us uh, back to One of my favorite celebrations Which is the Dia de los Muertes Or Mm -hmm. the Day of the Dead So I was really excited But back to the cigar It was rolled at the My Father Cigars factory in Nicaragua So it's got that going for it Mm -hmm. Uh, Using Nicaraguan binder and filler Wrapped in an outer leaf of Ecuadorian Sumatra Oscuro So pretty excited about this one so far. Uh, It's a 50 ring gauge. It's a nice-looking Toro with very few visible veins and a nice smooth exterior. So I picked up notes of fresh-cut hay on the pre-light sniff uh, and a little bit of citrus. Cold draw was much the same, and there was even a little funkiness to it. Not a bad funk, but a good funk. Uh, I lit the Las Calaveras and took my first few puffs. There was no Nicaraguan pepper blast. Although there was a slight core of pepper to the initial flavors, I got citrus zest, some tea leaf, leather, and toasted bread. The strength seemed medium and the burn was interesting. The burn line, well, it started out fairly straight, but the ash, as you can see in this picture, here or here? Oh, that, that uh, picture. Yeah, that picture. Yes, uh, you can see the ash held on, kind of crooked. So you got straight cigar, and then kind of like crooked ash <laughs> coming out of the bottom, which usually means something's off in the in the burn line somewhere. Uh, anyway, uh, it's still uh, again. Um, was something that I touched up with the lighter after I I flicked the ash off uh, because I could see that it was going to burn crooked. So as it turns out, nuttiness seemed to be the cigar's primary characteristic, and that stayed with me all the way through. The cigar did develop a creaminess in the second third that lasted to the end as well. Citrus zest and an an unusual minerality. Usually when I say minerality with cigar, I'm talking about a really specific thing that I've gotten before in, Other cigars and and you kind of I think you probably had it before you know exactly Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about This was a minerality but it was A a little different uh, along with a note That I couldn't quite identify For the life of me so I'm just going to call it The mystery note I don't know what it was But it was something Uh, The burn line stayed crooked for the rest of the smoke uh, Which didn't really Present a problem although I kept thinking that it would Eventually I did have to keep Touching it up Um, I don't know Quite how to say this accurately But I kept waiting for the Las Calaveras, even though it had a variety of flavors, to get into something where it seemed like they were all working together in some awesome way. Uh, In my favorite smokes, the distinct notes of all kinds sort of blend together in awesomeness. I don't know how how else to put it, but they they combine in just the right way. uh, And these seemed happy to be there, but they just weren't working well together as a team kind of like my Tampa Bay Buccaneers in yesterday's game so, against the 49ers. So like one of those yeah, awkward
2: holiday parties where like no one really talks to each other, but everyone's kind of having a good time.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, you combine that with the burn issue and a $12 price tag. Oh. And I have to say I was a little, little bit disappointed with this one. Uh, I've had an other crowned head cigars I thought were very good. Uh, and even if this had been 8 bucks though. See, I still would have been holding it up against other $8 cigars that I've had that I thought were very good, and I don't know. For what it's worth, I looked up a couple of reviews of the Las Calaveras 2021 online, and I didn't see any references to the burn issue, so that could have been localized uh, to just mine. And to be fair, it wasn't a Gurkha. It didn't, like, blow up on me or disintegrate halfway through the cigar while it smoked. But overall, I really can't say it was a twelve dollars smoking experience, mm. and that's what brings us to it. I would be interested to try another one to see if maybe this was just an anomaly. But based on my experience, it's pretty hard to recommend this cigar. I did enjoy some of the flavors, but again, twelve bucks, hmm. price to quality three point five. Wow, yeah, yeah. Because like I said, if it had been eight dollars, I still wouldn't have. Yeah. Said it's quite worth it based on and compared to other. Eight dollar cigars that I've smoked. So at twelve, yeah, definitely. And again, could have been. I could have just gotten one that that just wasn't quite right. You know, what I mean? it, it happens. Cigars are cigars are an art, not a science. Uh, there is some certainly some science involved, but you know what I mean. Getting that right combination of things is uh, is tough to do. Stick to stick, quite yeah. frankly. So uh, so anyway, that was my experience with the Crowned Heads, Las Calaveras, and. Um, that's that. Well, on that note. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I feel like I brought the whole program down. I, th- I think it we was, was missing going- Razorburn. We were going <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> missing
2: Razorburn. Missing
1: Razorburn, yes. Alright, I feel like I brought the whole show down So hey, let's Razor take Burn's a break Razorburn's a little scary, right?
2: That's why I put that in there mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> I think Razorburn it's... is in fact a villain in Marvel Comics I could be wrong, but I think it could be uh, Alright, we will take a break We'll come back tights. I'll try to not put another downer on the show here uh, In the next segment And we'll start drinking wine So I like wine Yay. Let's do that Smoking a toasting Welcome back It's Smoking and Toastin'. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Our I guest today things. is uh, Mark Burrell, who is our resident Smoking and Toastin' wine expert. And we're about to get into the wines for just a moment, but I wanted to pass this along to you. I was, uh, let us see if this sounded good to you guys. I was reading an article on Liquor.com about uh, different— Liquor.com is a lot of it's fun. A, it's a great site. Love it. And they have great not only great articles, they also have great drink recipes there, yep. too. A uh, great place to find if you're looking for—that was where I went, by the way, when I uh, when I got my, uh, my recipe, as simple as it is, uh, for the vodka gimlets that I wanted. And I made those at the Christmas party. I enjoyed it. It was pretty good, yeah. It really was. I was proud of myself. It's a very simple drink. That's why I can make it, but uh, it but was good. so delicious. It was good, yes. So Jim Meehan, apparently, at New York City's PDT, that's a bar, mm-hmm. uh, came up with a drink that he calls the Great Pumpkin, and it's in this article on holiday cocktails that I found at uh, Liquor.com. Now, I wanted to share this with you and see if you guys think this sounds good or does not sound good. Uh, it is the cocktail that combines apple brandy, rye whiskey, maple syrup, pumpkin ale and a whole egg.
0: Okay. So like a, a flip of some sort.
1: Right. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. It's a, in fact it even says here it's a seasonal flavored flip that's garnished with uh you have grated to shake nutmeg it for like 9 minutes for an extra boost of uh, pumpkin spice flavor. So, yeah, I mean what does that sound like it would be good?
0: Um, yes. I mean, I'm mean i not really experienced with flips. It so. sounds boozy, which I dig. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like um, apple brandy. I
2: mm-hmm. think that's
0: kind of fun in there. Um, apple
2: brandy in a mixed drink, I have to say, is pretty good. You said apple brandy and rye. I can mm-hmm. see that going together. Apple brandy, rye whiskey, maple syrup, pumpkin the ale. The rye is going to give
0: ass. it some winter spice to it. But, mm-hmm. but I think what would be really cool is to make that with Calvados instead mm. and give it a more of an apple kind of a flavor. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what kind of pumpkin you're going to get out of the out of the beer. Mm-hmm. It, it was, and, and that depends, pumpkin, yeah. I think,
2: very much on the beer because some, right, some beers are very pumpkin forward, and right. some are more beer forward with some pumpkin in the yeah. back. Yeah,
1: some of them almost <clears throat> don't really taste. That much pumpkin, you taste more of that pumpkin pie spice. Right. You
2: know, as opposed to actual
1: pumpkin flavor. Or that
2: shipyard one where it really tastes more like the crust than anything else. And that's it's, so good, too. It's really, too. Good. <laughs> it it's really, good. really good. They it's just really call really it pumpkin really pie crust. Anyway,
1: right? <laughs> I thought that was interesting. If you want to uh, get the recipe, you can get it. There is a great article. Uh, on Liquor.com, and I recommend people to this site all the time. It's 20 cocktails to make this fall. I would imagine so. it's a
0: pretty cocktail. It probably has a big, thick it foam actu- on it, it. It
1: actually is. In fact, I will uh you. can sprinkle some nutmeg you. on top
0: of it, some winter spices. Let me go
1: back to it here, and I'll show you the photo from Liquor.com. It <clears> actually looks very inviting. Oh, and yeah. uh, And there it is. I'll show this to you and to Ian to the camera off of the iPad here, but there it is. Yeah, that looks That's good. beautiful. It does look delicious, yeah. doesn't it? And I'll show it to the camera here. For people to be able to see.
2: That yeah. makes you want to go out and buy glasses like that. Oh yeah, I love that glass. It, that's <laughs> it, just you just like, don't have one? Don't you love I it? Do <laughs> <laughs> oh, not. Like, so I have I have a good assortment of glasses. I have uh let's see, I have champagne glasses. I, I love those
1: couple old of old school uh champagne glasses. The flutes yeah. that are not the flutes, but oh. they're ah. the little
0: cup. It's called oh, coupe. Gotcha. Coupe? It's called a coupe and it I love was those. the story is that it was modeled after Marie Antoinette's breast.
1: Oh. Now
0: I like it even more. Yeah. Wow. I, I, see, I didn't know that. See, I usually,
1: at home when I have bubbles, I usually just pour it into a white wine glass.
0: I do, too. I, uh, well, I rather have, than the flute. I have, I have champagne the futes, glasses but, yeah. at home. I have, like, real champagne glasses, which isn't a flute. It's not a—those are uh, those are used, I think, more for Amer- the American audience because that's mm-hmm. what they expect. But mm. um, the champagne glass I have at, uh, at home is very similar to— this glass here. And I have absolutely no problem drinking champagne out of that out of a wine glass. Speaking no of this
1: glass, tell yeah. us a little bit about what's in this glass. Okay, so
0: we're starting... Um, so I, what I wanted to do was bring some quite robust, wintry kind mm-hmm. of um, uh, some big uh, holiday um, wines. Um, the first two will have uh, references to Bordeaux Okay. Um, this first one is from Ashes and Diamonds. It's their Cabernet Franc, which is a Bordeaux varietal. It's one of the varietals that you find in that part of France. Ashes and Diamonds? You Ashes said? and Diamonds. Okay. Um, and I know that we took some pictures earlier of it, but um, the, the really cool thing about this particular bottle is that um, it's made by a, quite a famous uh, team of winemakers. Um, uh, Steve Mathiasen, who's well known in Napa for producing some. Um, the varietals that you know and love, but mm-hmm. in a way that might be more um, readily available in France. Um, oh, I see. Right? So, and, so, and he's based in Napa, um, which is kind of cool that he's doing this because... But he Francifies them in a does, way. He yeah. does, which is not a bad thing. <clears throat> right, I'm going right. to go on record and say this. Um, he produces some really great um, uh, uh, California varietals, French varietals that have become famous in California that are... Um, he's kind of taken the California taste out of it and made Mm -hmm. it a bit more the way it was supposed to have tasted uh, years ago in France.
1: Is this more
0: a function of the grape, or is it more a function of the terroir? Um, It's more a function of neither. It's more a function of how he's making the wine. I see, the process. Yeah, his his partner is Diana Snowden, who... um, uh, is well-known for a bunch of Mondavi and Du Ch- uh, Ducru boat. Uh, not mm-hmm. Ducru, we're going to have that in a bit. But uh, Chateau Dujac out of Burgundy, um, which is interesting because they're not producing Pinot Noir at all. Um, but this Cabernet Franc has um, this kind of Bordelais. This, uh, it's, it's, it has a flavor that you might find in Bordeaux, not in California, so, which I think is really cool.
1: So what I find interesting about this is that on the nose and just looking at it it kind of promises that it's going to deliver this big 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 and mm-hmm. it's actually it's actually a bit lighter than yep. i was
2: expecting when i actually drink it it's very light especially on the front of the palate almost more like a pinot noir
0: but it builds Yes, as, it, it right. does as a the the, the the tannic builds, builds, structure yeah. really build and i think it's a beautiful um um uh, uh That that really does this Because with Cabernet Franc You can get something that's really big and giant Especially in California Mm -hmm. And in France, in the Loire Valley You can get something that's a bit more subdued And pretty and maybe a little bit more feminine And I think this uh, kind of draws that line Right smack in the middle
2: This immediately makes me want like a steak Yeah Like a peppery steak Like some bold cheese Yeah, and I think the fruit
0: (laughs) on this wine That really kind of pushes out um, Really shows you that yeah you can have something grilled and spiced and seasoned and and
2: yeah it kind of kind of wants that a little bit mm-hmm. i think like mm-hmm. when i think food on this
0: yeah i i think it's, this needs salt i think this needs um black pepper yeah. i think you know this is
2: the black pepper's what really like Without a doubt. Pe- yeah. peppery steak i think, I think it think. needs the rest of the bottle that's what <laughs> I <think> it, needs, <laughs> it needs no it really it's is it. what what i love about
1: it is um more so than some other wines in this general uh, vicinity in terms of, of taste, is that the way it leaves a very grapey thing on the palate? It's not just, you know, that sort of normal wine. Funny you wine say that. It's actually it's, made of grapes. It's very, well, no, I get that, but <laughs> I'm just. That's. Snarky. No, no, but. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not on today. No, no, <laughs> That's snarky. But. Honestly, I'm in a mood today. with so yeah. many with just so many, other, burn maybe. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Um, with so many other wines, though, I don't get quite this much just pure grape yeah. on the finish. Yeah, and, and, and Cabernet Franc tends
0: to do that. It gives you it gives you the fruit. You actually taste the fruit, but what you're getting uh, you get that right at the at the front end, and then as it. Lingers as the whatever's left in your mouth once you've swallowed mm-hmm. lingers in your mouth, then that's where those tannins <clears throat>
2: pop up. It's a grape skin kind of flavor. Yeah. right. right can, you know, very like well that. said. Yeah.
0: So I've done. I may have done this before on this show, but but uh, I'll I'll do it one more time. And and I think this is a really cool study in in tannins and in structure. Uh, go with me here. You're in the grocery store, and you you in the produce section. All right, all right hold on. Okay. I
2: grabbed right. one of those carts with the faulty wheels. So yeah. yeah good, you you got to take that back and get all a better right, one. Yeah. one. Okay, got, got it. Okay.
0: So you go to the produce um, uh, section and you wait for the guy to walk away so you can actually snag one of those little grapes and, and taste it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and you, once you put it in your mouth and you bite down, it, it bursts, and you get this burst of, of mm-hmm. the juice and the fruit, and then you chew a little bit more and you taste the meat of the of the berry, and then you chew a little bit further, and what's left is this dry bitterness, not in a bad mm-hmm. way, but, yeah. but it, it, your mouth gets dry and skin quite bitter, the, and you taste yeah. the skins and the seeds. It's so the same thing when you're having, uh, I don't know, walnuts or shell or mm-hmm. pecans. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. <clears throat> that's tannins. And so that dryness that you're getting on the back end, even though it's not heavy and it's not pronounced, it's quite velvety um, on this wine, Is is that's that's what that is. That's what those tannin structures. Cabernet Franc is a thicker-skinned grape. So there's
1: more skin there to taste is what That's you're
0: right, saying. yeah. So when they crush it and they, and they and it's in the the maceration tanks or they mm-hmm. while it's fermenting, even if they use the grapes while it's fermenting, um, that's what you're getting that that big richness, but it's not over the top.
1: Is there an easy way for you to explain the difference between how he did this that was more how he prepared the one that was more like the French way than the typical Napa way? So
0: I can be a little ginger about this. I think. Um, <clears throat> It's quite well known that that <coughs> like, historically the Californians had been producing wines in a much um, um, bolder, mm-hmm. juicier, um, dare I say sweeter style. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of, uh, I think frankly for the American audience, Americans prefer a sweeter style of wine. And and by sweet I mean juicier and mm-hmm. a little bit fruitier. Um, and what Steve Mathiason has done is pulled back on that that heavy maceration and and um, um, and a lot of these these questionable practices that could add some things to the wine um, he's really kind of stripped all that away and produced it in a way that is a bit, a bit more French than it, it is American.
2: it adds an odd delicacy to a pretty mm-hmm. bold a good wine, way to say it. Yeah. you know yeah. um, it's really interesting because like even the after like I haven't taken a sip in a couple minutes now, and I'm still you're enjoying still that. what's going uh-huh. on there. Totally. There's still a velvetiness. Mm-hmm. There's still mm-hmm. a few other things. It enrobes the yeah, mouth yeah.
0: in a way that, that I think it's really pleasant and, and really nice because those tannins do fall off after a while. Mm. Um, and what you're left with is this this almost richness, this mm-hmm. grapeiness, like yeah. you said yeah. before. The other interesting
2: thing I find is uh, when I first nosed it, uh, it, it, it smelled uh, a lot bolder than I thought. And now that I've had a few sips and I'm nosing it, I'm kind of picking up the flavors of the wine itself more than uh, more than that boldness that I mm-hmm. had initially.
1: Well, that's kind of what I was saying at the very beginning. I was expecting it to be bigger. It turned out to be a little bit lighter than what I was uh, originally anticipating. I think it was me trying to say that same thing that you just said. Um, I think it's really quite good, Mark. What does
0: a bottle like this go for at the restaurant? At the lodge, about 130 bucks.
1: So, so it's it's definitely nice. a. It's a uh, uh,
0: it's it's up there, but it's become. Um, I, I think it's a, a, a you know a place like the Rainbow Lodge. It's it's um, more in the median range, mm-hmm. um, but Cabernet Franc is one of those varietals that I think you can understand now that people are a bit scared of. Um, because sure. you're not real sure what you're going to get with Cabernet Franc. Um, this is just a really great example. I bet of,
2: this goes amazing with a lot of the stuff on your menu, the uh, the game. Especially. Yeah, and the things
0: that ha- don't have as much fat, like the buffalo and the. Right, oh, right. the elk, yeah. Um, uh, because the juiciness in the wine kind of really counterbalances that, mm-hmm. the seasoning of the, of the steak. It's great. That's mm-hmm. a great pairing, for sure.
1: So this would be a great wine to serve at your holiday dinner. Absolutely. Really would be. Yeah. I'm
0: yeah, not so. real sure, you know, I don't buy a lot of wines for the lodge that have retail availability. So I'm not real sure where it is if it is anywhere retail, but mm-hmm. I do have some at the lodge that are available. That, to that you go. can buy yeah. and take home. Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's, Give that's absolutely me a call and I'll um and I'll get it set up for you or pop in and and uh, we can chat. Or nice. do your holiday meal at the lodge. You can always do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is You're not absolutely. a bad idea. We're open Christmas Eve, although I'm I'm pretty sure we're close to booked, but we are open Christmas Eve. Yeah, I, so. I bet you.
2: Yeah, you you guys book up pretty quickly. Months. Yeah, like, if months you think about, hmm, I should go to the Rainbow Lodge, even on a regular, like, middle of the whenever week, mm-hmm. you might want to get there and start calling on Monday, not yeah, yeah. Thursday. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know,
0: it, it, come January, things will open up a little bit more. But, yeah, yeah this time of year, with all hmm. the parties that are happening, a lot of the rooms are booked, so...
1: Love it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will uh, try yet another uh, red wine that is sitting here beckoning to me, calling out to me one. from inside the glass. Oh, yeah, but I'm going to have a little, a little left so you can, you know, A B, you know, that's
2: never about it. And I'm not going to try that wine. I'm going to do it. All right, fair enough. We'll be right back.
0: All right. <laughs>
1: It is smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Is it just me or is the guitar player like a just a little bit behind on that? Maybe you
2: know that guitar player's awesome. What's <laughs> that tone? Maybe just a little behind on it. I don't know. Not not quite. Also, what I he sounds expecting. like he's a pretty good arranger.
1: You think so? I, I bet that guitar player could write a song about the Nicaraguan pepper blast and it's have possible. it ready by next week's show.
2: <laughs> I bet he could. I'm just saying. I'm sure, because you have extra time this week, too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back and Smoking a toast
1: in our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, in case you hadn't figured it out, by the way, that is Ian on guitar on that, uh, on that track. So that's why <laughs> or we just
2: rag on random that, guitar yeah, players. That, which, yeah, we
1: could do that, too, you know? Uh, that was recorded
2: on uh, a Mesa Boogie Heartbreaker amplifier, straight in, by the way, and with my uh, Gibson Howard Roberts. Oh, nice. I like it. All right,
1: we are going to move to the second one, which I've got to admit, it's a little hard for me because I'm enjoying that first one so much. I really want to go back to it here, but I'm going to wait, and we'll go go for the second one.
2: I had one. to do
0: further research on that. So the, <laughs> the first line. one was a Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc. Um, and the second one has Cabernet Franc in it. Okay. Um, but it's basically uh, uh, heavy on Merlot. Okay. So this is Bordeaux. Right. Um, from a region called Haute Medoc. Um, called so, what? Haute Medoc. Haute Medoc. Ome oh, dock, um, and it is uh, so Bordeaux is on the 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 western side of, of France, and it's split down the middle by a river called the Gironde, and and oftentimes you hear um, left bank, right bank, the left mm-hmm. bank of the river, the right bank of the river. So the right bank would be the eastern side of the river, um, and uh, wines from that not not. All the time, but wines from that side of the river tend to be heavier in Merlot, and the wines from the left bank, or the western side of the river, tend to be heavier in Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, and is so, that just because of
1: the preference, or is it about the soil? What what it's, causes that? It's, it's a that? little
0: about the soil. It's a little about history. You know, Bordeaux's mm-hmm. been around for a, a millennia. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, this particular winery was um, founded in the seventy, in the seventeen hundreds, seventeen twenty. Mm. Um, is when this they probably r- know something about wine. Well, they might know a few things here or there, um, but this is from Ducru Bocayu, This is um, one of the which, by the way, is in in 1855. Uh, there was a classification of uh, Bordeaux's, and what they their goal was to try to uh, tell you which were the best ones. And so you hear things like first growth, second growth. This is a second growth. Um, crew, And so is second growth considered to be better than first, or is first considered
2: to be better first than first? First
0: is considered to be better. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, this is all, you know, right. uh, up to you, but uh, it's all subjective. But um, I think this is a really cool example of what uh, Merlot based Bordeaux this, can This be. has a really nice woody note. It on the really does, isn't it really does. P- Do you get any peppermints? Do you get. Like the super minty on the nose. On the nose, I yes.
1: You yeah. yes. get a little minty. I don't know if I would have said peppermint, but
0: there's definitely mm-hmm. mint there,
1: and it probably is peppermint. I just wouldn't have.
0: Mm. Yeah, this is yeah. this is a really cool um, uh, product from the Bocayu family, who is very well known in in Bordeaux for making these really amazing wines, really expensive wines. Um, their second label um, is a um, is something that we've we've carried um, at the. Um, at, at the Lodge for many years. But this is actually uh, almost a third label. It's kind of a uh, a last uh, a new member of the family came in and wanted to do something that that um, honored uh, Madame Bocayou. Um, and so that's what we have here, Madame de Bocayou. Um, this is uh, from the Ducroux, uh Bocayou family. We serve this um, at the Lodge by the glass. It's like 20 bucks, $21 or something by the mm. glass.
2: So the last wine that we had... Mm-hmm. Was so light on the initial part of the palette and then did this build thing where it lingered And lingered this one is almost the Opposite flip mirrored yeah it's like It's like this one is so big right At the beginning and then has this kind Of delicate Real tannic really um uh, beautiful finish that just kind of lingers and then trails. And you can almost feel the point where it just kind of just goes, kinda
1: trails away? Yeah.
0: We'll yeah, you feel it, it in your gums, you know. Yeah. It's one of those dry, tannic, Ooh. structured wines. But that's Bordeaux. I mean, this is classic Bordeaux. And by the way, um, I've said on this this show before that I think that Merlot is what Cabernet drinkers would actually really prefer. They just don't know it. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and Merlot is one of the most planted varietals in all of France. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I bring this out to a customer and I say, oh, this is a beautiful Bordeaux. We love Bordeaux. This is great. Um, well, we typically like Cabernet. Okay, that's fine. But this is not. This is Merlot, mm-hmm. which I think is beautiful. It's one of my favorites.
1: It's. Uh, I'm trying to think of the way that I want to describe it. It's almost like it... Yeah, Ian, you you really kind of hit it, how it starts out big, and then it's almost like you almost feel it. Like, like you know, some of those... Um, it's
2: like the profile of a bird's wing. It starts off big and then just trails right. off.
1: I was thinking about those those candies that you get, that you, you put them in your mouth and you just kind of feel them disintegrate mm-hmm. in your mouth. It's almost like that oh, feeling. Oh, those, uh, those,
2: those little after-dinner mint things. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You like, feel like them just kind of... They're go solid pieces, for a moment, and then they just kind of go kind all at yeah, right, once. Right. You know? it yeah, certainly does
0: make you want more. I mean, this it it yeah, it does it kind of really gets that saliva working in your mouth. And it it's just,
2: it's. I loved on that first wine. I loved the linger. I love taking a sip and then just sitting and enjoying it for a mm-hmm. long time. This one's quite the opposite in that. It's, it
1: almost is like the Doritos effect when it goes yeah, away. You're like, like you I need this, another so
2: sick. Yeah, and you no, want, like, want a little more of that, or razor burn for that matter. <laughs> um,
0: but I think what this, what what it does give you is um, the the want the need for something fatty and rich. This and a ribeye. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You want something
1: where you, you yeah, yeah. It, it, on the bone. You
0: want you want crispy fries with mayonnaise. You want. I mean, this
1: is. <laughs> oh my god, that
0: sounds good right yeah. now. <laughs> wow.
1: Um, let me ask you a question about wine. Obviously, this is something you do on a, uh, on a regular basis because you're, you know, you got to know what you're doing uh, for your job, and and wine is something you enjoy. Has being in a situation where you can regularly. <laughs> taste and enjoy wines of this caliber. Has it ruined cheap wine for you? Without a doubt. Yeah, so so Absolutely. you can't you can't and I'm not picking on you know barefoot, but like you can't drink a glass of
0: that and go, "Well, I can enjoy it for blank." Like um I mean I have, you know, I'd like to consider myself a rather coothful person. Right, if that's right, a word. Right. Um, but and I'm I, not trying to pick on barefoot. I'm just, yeah, well, a lot of things that Gallo does is just it happens not to be my taste. But that's just me, and it's I'm in a fortunate position to be able to taste really good wine, yeah, right. uh, subjectively, in my opinion, um, every day. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 tough, um, and I'm also a little. Um, uh, out of it when it comes to, I mentioned re- retail wines. I have no idea what's in the grocery store. I don't, right. you know, I, I have people give me wine all, all the time for, to taste. Oh, here, taste this, make sure this um, is a sample. As
2: far as I can tell, when you go to the grocery store, you can find Barefoot and Seven Deadly Zins and 19 Crimes.
0: <laughs> there's a few
1: others. Uh, no, <laughs> Which, I'm sure it, there's more than that, yeah. but those are the ones I always, well, see.
2: It, it depends where you're shopping.
1: Uh, so, uh, hey, my wife brought home like a week or two ago. Snoop Dogg's uh, uh, bubbly, bubbly one. Uh, uh, my wife just uh, bought two bottles of that.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I have it no idea what that's. Was pretty good. Be it was not
0: like. my favorite, but it was pretty good. It's pretty good, you know. Well, and you know, what? I say, I'm, I'm a big believer in the fact that you should drink what you like, and if, mm-hmm. and if this is, if you dig that, I say go for it. Have it yeah. all the time. I mm-hmm. tell people if if the six dollar stuff at Target is the stuff that you want, and that's what you want to drink on a daily basis, go for it. I'd rather you drink that than, because honestly, if I try to give you this Bordeaux. Someone who drinks the six dollars stuff at Target they're mm-hmm. probably not going to dig this. Not going to dig it as much. Right. They're not yeah. going to
1: have the uh, the the palate appreciation right for something on that level. Yeah, and, it, like, and it's the same way with cigars. Yeah, you guys yeah. do this yeah.
0: all, every day with cigars, and so I, I feel comfortable bringing something along this line mm-hmm. uh, for you today, just to to and, and it's. For two reasons. First of all, I wanted to show you kind of the difference between what the Americans are doing in a French style and, and what the, the French, French are, are doing yeah. in their style that's been around for millennia, right? Um, now, two different varietals, but two obviously different styles of wine as yeah. well. Um, but I think that if you were to pick up, say, a Cap Franc from uh, somewhere else, some other domestic uh, house in, uh, uh, in the grocery store, you would find it to be a lot different than what you have here. Right, right. So,
1: what does this one uh, sell for? At the so restaurant? we
0: sell this at the lodge for twenty-one a glass. Mm-hmm. So this is actually by the glass. Um, okay. At the lodge, it's um, uh, we want especially this time of year. We want to make sure that we had something um, really uh, appropriate for the season mm-hmm. um, and um, something that a lot of people. It's unattainable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And break it down into a glass price. Right. So that it's that not- makes
2: <laughs> that makes a difference. If you want, I especially agree. if you want to try a few different things, and you're not mm-hmm. committed to sure. hundred and fifty or two hundred for a bottle. Well, and or I-
0: more. I'm sure
2: you've got. Some pretty crazy bottles. There. Yeah,
0: we do. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, high end wines on the list there. But we also are doing something really cool called um, our Core Program. Now, this is a gadget. It's a little contraption that allows you to access the contents of the bottle without opening it. So there's a needle that goes into the cork. It's um, injected with argon gas. It pressurizes the bottle, and then the wine is allowed to flow from that needle into out of a spout and into the glass. Mm, mm. It's a really cool thing, and um, what we have taken with that is um, the ability to pour... 100 hundred, two hundred, $200, 300 glasses of wine. Oh, mm-hmm. and not have to open the so, bottle. And not so have to, to open the bottle. So now I'm not committed to sell all four glasses in a day and a half right, or two right, days. Right, exactly, um, yeah. right. And I'm giving my guests the opportunity to try something that they would have never tried before and perhaps don't want to gamble on a $500 bottle of wine. Yeah, because,
2: it, well, like anything, like whiskey, because uh, we do that all the time. If we go in to find a new whiskey or whatever... There's only so much you're going to spend without knowing what it actually is yep. like. And then the problem is if you don't know what it's actually like, it's too much to try. So that, right. that offers such a nice
0: Yeah, and this all started, um, I don't know, six or eight years ago um, when I first started at the, at the Lodge. When the Wine Spectator comes out, it's very similar to the way that the cigar... Um, uh, publication does. Right,
1: cigar aficionado.
0: Thank you. Mm. Um, when Wine Spectator comes out with their top ten, which just happened mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. in the very same... I think they're owned <clears throat> by the same people. I think they are. That yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Um, uh, when they come out with their top ten, historically what we'll do is we'll buy all those top ten wines and serve them by the glass. And so if it's something That's smart, yeah. really fancy and really unattainable, maybe it's a five dollars or $600 bottle of something. People can try a glass. People can of it. try it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely going to offer you a glass When,
1: of when I lived in uh, Philadelphia... There was this thing they did there called Wine Week, and uh, it was a steakhouse uh, that I would go to. I don't remember. You would basically buy. Um, I, I would go with a buddy for lunch. You would basically buy a ticket, and it was it was expensive. It was uh, you know, a hundred bucks or so. But what you got for that hundred bucks was unbelievable because the wine companies. Would all come around table to table and pour you very small, you know, pours, kind of like going to the whiskey social, social, except they came to you and you had food and you were sitting there eating, and they would, and I I got to taste all kinds of wines. I I would never have said. Oh yeah, I'll go ahead and spring the two hundred bucks for that bottle, not knowing yeah. what it was going to be. It was the first time I had Farniente and and mm-hmm. some other brands that I had, you know, seen, had heard of, but had never actually plunked down the money and tried. Here's, it, it here's a
2: quick question: How many ounces is a standard pour roughly? Just in an estimate.
0: I think it depends on the place, um, and it could range between five and eight ounces.
2: Okay, so let's let's average that to six for now. Okay, okay. so six ounces is regular. Pour for our purposes right now. When you go to a whiskey event, um, the average standard pour is a half ounce, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what, when you go get right. a sample, they're going to pour you a half ounce. Now, considering a regular Unless pour Alan of whiskey, it's one to one a and more. a half, and sometimes two, depending on where you're going and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a, qu- like, let's say that's two ounces is a regular pour of whiskey. How much do you guys pour generally at the bar? Like, probably two ounces.
0: Uh, it depends. If it's neat, about an ounce and a half.
2: An ounce and a half. Okay, so that's that's a third of that. And so if you're walking into a wine event that costs $100 and you're trying bottles of wine and they're pouring you small pours, you're probably getting an ounce and a half or two mm-hmm. ounces of everything. Mm-hmm. And that you know, people always think, oh, well, they're small drinks. Uh, even with the whiskeys and everything, or bourbons and stuff like that, they think, oh, that's so small. That will add up, and it will add up quickly. Yes, it will. Well, there's, tw-
0: there's 26 ounces in a 750-milliliter yeah. bottle. Um, so you can get 26 one-ounce pours, or you can get, you know— Yeah, any way you want to divide 10, it up yeah. mathematically, yeah. yeah. yeah But that's
2: well, that's so when you say, like, okay, so it was about 100 bucks or 120 bucks or something like that. I, if you're getting to try a bunch of wines or a bunch of whiskeys that are— that, you know, you can't walk into, for instance, Reserve 101 and try right. 15 whiskeys. Sure. A hundred dollars, yeah. Good luck with that. You do, it's the cheapest (laughs) stuff they got, but you still probably can't make that happen, right? Exactly, you know. But
1: that's why it's so much fun, right? And same thing, I'm assuming the
2: same thing with wine events where you get to try a whole bunch of different things. They know they're going to pour so many bottles so they can open them because that's one of the things like whiskey doesn't fall under that category of once I open my whiskey, got to finish it within a day and a half. We don't have to worry about that in that world, but wine, yeah, it goes it can go south pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Mark, how how often does someone come in and say just like completely turn the selection over to you? Now I know you would ask them questions, what they're having, mm-hmm. what they like, but how often does someone come in and say I trust you.
0: Just bring me something you think I'll like. Does that happen? It does. It happens every day. And is that the most fun? It is. It's a lot of fun. Well, the thing is, is that getting to know these people. Now I've been there long enough that I I have regulars. I have people that come and see me. I have people who I have brought to them um, a a bottle that they really love, and so now they trust me enough to go. All right. And now you've got that. I'm spending two hundred dollars today. We're having this and this. Go. You know what I like. Love let's, that, yeah. Let's do it. But more often than not, it's, okay, we want something different. We want to do something. We typically like this and this. I'm having this. She's having that. What do you think?
1: Right. Right. I love that. But but even there, the customer, just like you were saying, you get to know the customer, the customer getting to know you yeah. allows them to put that kind of thing. See, I don't know that I would do that just walking into a restaurant with a uh, uh that i don't know anything about yet you assume they've got to be pretty good or they yep. wouldn't have gotten the job but still it's not like it's not like we have I would, a track record once, I would have to, once we do it's like dude you, you take it away here's what i'm
2: having go i would know? have to assume though as a first time customer of the restaurant uh i mean you have such a wonderful gregarious attitude but also professional at the same time when you're at work you you, you ride that line so well um He doesn't bring up razor burn at the table (laughs) He does not Come see me tomorrow (laughs) Razor burn (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what I I, (laughs) think But but I would imagine that like a first time customer Depending on their attitude about it Like I know a lot of uh, bartenders And you're Mm -hmm. obviously not a bartender But I know a lot of bartenders hate it when people walk in and are like I don't know just make me a drink or uh, you decide or whatever, because the problem with that is there's so much of a range, and I'm sure you get this, there's so much of a range of of different styles and things that, you know, you could give someone, a customer, something, and they're like, that's not what I was looking for. It is, I think, beholden to the customer to say, I, you know, I like these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to ask those questions, and that makes a big difference, because I know every time uh, I and my wife have walked in there and, and put it entirely in your hands, like, what are you having for dinner, what are you doing, and it's been Stellar, like 100% Thank you. every time. Thank you. So good.
0: Well, I, you know, I, I think I know, I recognize the fact that they're not coming to see me. They're coming for a meal. Right. Um, and the experience and everything. And the whole stuff. thing, right? And if I can make that experience a little better, well, then that's exactly what I'll do. And so to do that, what I'll do is I'll, I'll ask a series of questions. Okay, if you were at home right now, what would you be? If you're sitting on your couch, what would you be drinking? What do you like? What's your what do you, what's your jam? Okay, take that and go. All right. So is that what you're in the mood for tonight, or do you want something? You want to go a little crazy with it and get? I, I now that I know your style and what you what you did.
1: Right. Now tell me how how far off the beaten path you want to walk. Let's talk about yeah.
0: something fun and and different. And don't be shocked. And so I, there are a lot of how do I say this right? There are a lot of buttoned up sommeliers in town mm-hmm. that. Um, I think have your best interest in 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 mind, but are, are really looking to, to put down weird shit that 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 you can't get anywhere, and they right. just they right. want to they want to be they, it's a trophy for them. They want to be a, a little more outrageous, yeah. Yeah. showing and off I, a little bit. Exactly, right, and, I, right. and I and I so don't be af- afraid if I come to the table and say, okay, great, tell me what you want to spend tonight because. If you really only want to spend 50 bucks, yeah, I, I can absolutely make that happen, and you're going to be happy with it. If you want to splurge and spend a couple hundred bucks, you bet, and we're going to have some fun with this. Um, but I don't want to be—the uh, last thing I want to do is bring you something and guilt you for whatever reason. Maybe your date is looking at you funny, or you're in front of your boss, or I don't want to guilt you into something that that you didn't want to begin with. Well, here's the my perspective from the— standpoint of the customer if
1: i'm going to spend 50 to 50 bucks for the bottle of wine and it's just okay or it's just you know it doesn't really like blow me away yeah you know, i'm I'm probably fine with that but if i'm gonna spend a hundred dollars if i'm gonna spend two hundred dollars on a bottle of wine at a restaurant i want the result to be that when we're walking out we're going Man, that bottle of wine was mm,
2: fabulous. You want to talk about it? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And so that's when I really do want your help the most. You know, uh, it's it's great if you can recommend me a fifty dollars bottle. That's awesome. But I'm less concerned about getting it wrong there than I am when I'm dropping yep. a couple hundred dollars. You Absolutely, know? and
0: you know? and that's and that's one of the things that I that I think is really cool when you when you pull me aside and you're like, man, that. That was really good. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to come back. and Either have it again, or can't see what you or try wait to next. see what you yeah. do mm-hmm. next time. Um, but you know, we have we also have some 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 safes in place. So let's say, for example, um, a group comes in and they want something a bit more uh, pedestrian. They want something that you can find in the uh, Duckhorn or Silver Oak, right, or you right. know, something mm-hmm. along those lines. And, and, and without a doubt, I've got those, and I'm happy to sell those to you. With a smile. Um, But if you can't pronounce this um, and there's a little number next to it, I'll take 1855. Okay, great. Or if you don't want your date to know that you're only spending 50 bucks in the bottle, no problem. I got you. Uh, We have some fail safes in there to make that happen as well. That's
2: that's a pretty amazing thing. I will tell you that uh, the last time we were there, me and my wife, um, you said, What was your budget? And we told you 200 would be our tops. And you came back with something that was half of that. Mm And just blew our socks off. Yeah. Absolutely loved love that. Love that. Yeah, like it was so that. nice. Well, and um, that's the
0: thing is, I think that a lot of places it's, in town It's nice to have that take headroom to work with. every bit yeah. of that two hundred dollars mm-hmm. and make sure that you're spending that money.
1: And there's some places you say two hundred, and they bring you one that's two fifteen. Exactly. Like, like they're pushing right. it just that little bit more. I, so and they know I'm, you'll go, oh, I'm not okay. that guy.
0: I'm, I want to. I, okay, now that I know that your budget is two hundred, we don't have to go there. I think you've described something perfect for me. That's one hundred and seventy dollars. Yeah. I'm going to bring you this and. Mm-hmm.
2: And and me personally, there are certain things that I like, but I frankly I love trying new stuff. Yeah, so I think the same way. part of the adventure is you know what do I get? What what's fun? What's absolutely, interesting. You know, absolutely.
1: All right. Speaking of what do we get? I'm very very curious about that was a this. Long tequila.
2: very short. Segment. It was a long very short <laughs> Sorry. segment. These happen. These happen.
1: <laughs> but you know when when you're going when you're going about something good, it's it's well worth it. <laughs> I am very uh, curious about this tequila because as Ian pointed out. I did not do uh, the safety measures and and uh, even you know take the top off and sniff it. So. I will take this
2: risk. All right, this so is, this is a burden I'll bear.
1: We will be right back with añejo tequila. It is smoking and toasting. Show number three hundred seven. All right. Justin, our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and uh, hand rolled cigars. What are we saying? <laughs> My wife was talking about how normally we do uh, uh, give in and taste uh, the spirit before I bring it in, if I'm bringing the spirit in. But uh, in this case, we have not had the opportunity, so this is going to be all uh, all new for me and for you guys as we get to the uh, El Mayor. And by the way. If I say El Mayor, I'm expecting it to be spelled M-E-J-O-R. In this case, it's spelled M-A-Y. So it's spelled just like Mayor. Mm -hmm. But I know they wouldn't pronounce it Mayor. Like the square. Yeah, right. Exactly. So we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, let me share uh, this with you guys. The Top 25 Cigars of 2022. Uh, the list is being released by Cigar Aficionado. They've released number 10, number 9, and number 8 as of this show's taping. And so I can share those with you, and we'll get back to the rest of them uh, probably within the next week or so. Uh, at number 10 is the Arturo Fuente Rare Pink, the vintage 1960s series. Uh, the, the name of this cigar is Sophisticated Hooker. Uh, but this rare pinks it was a really big deal. Remember, we talked about it earlier. Yeah, yeah, we did talk about I, that. Uh, I looked usually. for them. Uh, I was at uh, Costa de Monte Cristo this week. I looked for them, did not see them. So I'm guessing many of them are, are sold out uh, everywhere Everywhere that they are. But that came in at uh, number 10. At number 9, the Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua Churchill, which I believe, if I am not mistaken, was crafted by A.J. Fernandez. I'll have to read the the review once it once it comes out. But the Reserva Real, oh, let me see. I just uh, clicked to it. Uh, made by Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez Cigars de Nicaragua. So uh, that's right. That's number nine. At number eight, and only these three have been released so far. Uh, the Padrone 1964 Anniversary Series Principe.
2: Yeah. So that, any of their anniversary series mm-hmm. are pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. So so a Fuente. Uh, Romeo and Julieta by AJ and a Padron on the list so far. We'll see We'll see where else we go uh, I'm when say, the rest of the list comes up. i say
2: one word about this tequila. Yeah? I haven't tasted it yet, but buttery. Buttery, really? Just from the nose, huh? Just don't? from the nose.
1: Like Mark, you're a tequila buttery. guy, aren't you? I love
0: tequila,
2: yeah. yeah
1: so uh,
0: I get some butter, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah? Well, you get anything else on the nose here? Besides the obvious agave. Yeah, there's which definitely is, agave. Yeah, which so you that's, can, that's kind of an assumed note.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, I
2: like it.
0: Um, it I, I think I like. you get um, uh, the the regular the the añejo knows the, the caramel and the yeah. the uh, ooh the aged wood.
1: I tell you what, there's some pepper once you take the first sip on the finish. It's got a little bit of the uh, uh, the sort of maple and the uh, um, oh. Sort of brown sugar um, and and all of the oh. the typical añejo notes, but there's pepper on it as well.
2: Mm, I love the oak. Like the, it the oak, like the buttery definitely has oak. Yeah, to me, right up front, the buttery and the oak. I like the pepper aftertaste in the background. I like the. Mm. That's a pretty darn fine tequila. This picked up a lot of wood.
1: Mm-hmm. Like now
2: in the best possible way.
1: What I one of the reasons that I I, I bought this one. I was looking at several of them. I decided to go with this one because it was under thirty dollars, and uh, under thirty for an añejo is a pretty rare thing unless it's, you know, really not that good. I assume they're trying to get. It may have been thirty, thirty-one, but it was not. This was not an expensive añejo. This
2: is a, and, a handmade legacy or four generations over four generations. We've been perfecting the art and craft of growing agave and distilling tequila. Mm-hmm. We continue to this day with the age-old process handed down through the generations. Mm. Every sip represents this uh, hard-earned legacy. I, you know what? I, I bang for the buck. What a good. I tequila. just got an almost like a little butterscotch in there this time, which mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting. I don't know if it's just me or
0: mm. a little, yeah. It's uh, that 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 there's, cooked milky. There's mm-hmm.
2: kind of a meatiness to this too. I don't really know how else to describe it. There's kind of a meatiness to this that I kind of enjoy. It's it's big and round.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's good, it's good. It light,
1: light, like? doesn't have a big bite. Hmm? It's light. light. Yes, doesn't have a big mm-hmm. light, yes. Do- doesn't have a big, uh, didn't have a big tequila hug coming running back to There's you. There's an it's interesting
2: kind of bitter uh, thing that happens right at the very end of the palate, but doesn't linger at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm getting a brightness, like a, a a real high note at the very end. Almost a fruity thing. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It's really like right
1: in the center of the palate. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
2: I, I. I. like it. Honestly, uh, I.
1: I didn't necessarily have very high expectations, just because lately tequila has been getting so pricey. I mean, I'm seeing reposados for a hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but this. Uh, this was uh, an añejo, and it was in the. Uh, uh, it was in the thirty dollar range, and I think it's really pretty outstanding. I think.
2: I think. Uh- that might be one of the better bangs for the bucks. You could, I can, I can go ahead and say that I've had more refined or more, mm-hmm. um, silky or more this or it's, that, but there's a, yeah. there's also a little, um, the longer you let it sit on your, uh, and that, let the aftertaste sit, the more, uh, uh, there's a mineral note that comes in. That's kind of nice too. The,
1: the pepper kind of fades. You get that pepper, like there's right a first. little bit of heat
2: that comes around yeah. just a little uh-huh. bit to say hi. And then walks away. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but, um, I, this is one, like on initial taste, if you're telling me this is under $40, mm-hmm. this is yeah. probably one I'll go look for and, and toss on the shelf. Yeah, yeah,
0: won't be a bad thing to have in the bar. Have sure. you guys ever done a vessel tasting? In other words, you put this in the same thing in every this vessel glass, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you put another one in something like this, and mm-hmm. then I got one a, in a tequila glass, got another a one and in, a Karen in there. And...
2: You want me to go grab
0: it? No, I was just curious if that's something that you've ever... We've not done that, but that would be very interesting.
1: Um, Would you do that with spirits? Would you do it with wine? What would you do? You could do it with both.
0: Um, I think
2: with beer, too, because you know the thing about beer glasses, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone's got to have a different kind of beer glass for a different kind of beer. I don't do that at my house, by the way.
1: So we were out uh, the other night at um, uh, a friend of ours in from out of town, and we went out to Axelrad. And we all ordered uh, the draft beer, and the I ordered a, a particular IPA, and they decided that one came in one of the tulips. Oh,
2: we then won't. you must have been a big IPA,
1: yeah, then. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't, I don't remember which one the it was. The no. tulips are usually yeah.
2: reserved for something right. at 7% or higher. Right. That's so so here that. I'm
1: holding the tulip. My buddy's over here with the big you know, pint glass, and of course I'm done in like a minute and a half. So, so let me explain. I, I know why that happens. I changed up IPAs so that uh, I would get a full uh, a bigger so, glass.
2: So some some uh, some beers in general, like when you get a higher ABV beer, uh, then places will do a short pour, right? And they can't put a short pour in a pint glass.
0: Or it looks yeah it looks. Or like you only get it up. half yeah. of a pint sure, glass, sure. so they
2: always use a tulip for that. Yeah.
0: And sometimes we'll put something like that in a snifter.
2: Yeah. Or or but but you'll always get like if it's, it's a high ABV and that's like a lot of double Ipas and things like that if or it's like a, a seven a, a or big above.
1: stout or something yeah, like that, yeah sometimes
2: right? you'll get that like uh, that short pour and I'm, I'm usually fine with that even if it's expensive cause it usually means it's a bigger body bigger everything mm-hmm. um like if you order a bourbon barrel stout somewhere you're almost always gonna get a two a two yeah, you know, sure. Uh, yeah that, that makes sense because or... they don't want to pour it as much because right of, the strength of it, so yeah. So, so that's kind of common, and I've seen that too. But there's also something to be said. Like I was playing at uh ooh, what was the name of the place? Oh, the uh, Sawyer Park Ice House, and they have big beers. Mm. You just go order a twenty four ounces. Good lord. See, now I don't. I don't usually do that. And, I'll tell and you, you, you know why. what? They poured me twenty four ounces of Lone Pint.
1: Ah, gotta love that. But here's why I don't usually do that because I really. I know this goes against the grain of some people. I apologize. I really like my beer cold. And the bigger the beer, the warmer it will be by the time I get to the end, no matter how fast oh, I drink
2: Generally speaking, I, uh, there are beers that I like cold, but generally speaking, most of the beers I drink stand up very well when they're warm. Sure, I understand. So that. I, that's, not, that's not even not an issue worried about for me that. I know. So. I understand. I understand. I Plus, agree. more. I've, you know, there are people that say more is less, and I've actually studied this concept, and I've mm-hmm. come up with the fact that more actually is more. I think you may be onto something. It's true. No, no, more actually really, is
1: more. Yeah, and this is on the same show as Razorbird, so uh, you know he's uh, he's full of great wisdom it today. Take good with the bad, right? Yeah, full of great wisdom <laughs> today. Uh, I'm going to recommend this uh, tequila very highly. Uh, this El mayor. is El Mayor, uh, spelled like mayor, and it is uh, 100% uh, agave, and it uh, checks out. Uh, I would love to. Uh, Love to see what uh, Liliana
2: thinks of this.
0: A little. Uh, oh, that would be great yeah. to see. What, but it's a tiny little research that I did on this. Is that it's made by the same parent company that makes Ezra Brooks. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. A lot of other stuff I didn't recognize.
2: I went in for seconds, and I don't blame you. All right. I still get buttery. The butterscotch, though. I think someone said butterscotch, and I think that's that's kind of. Yeah. a little closer where it goes. I
1: did, and maybe that's, maybe the buttery was leading me to that, but it just, it kind of hit me, like, all of a sudden, right in the center of the palate, mm-hmm. it was like, that's that's almost like a candy butter, and then, then butterscotch was the only thing I could I could think of. Candied butter does sound Speaking good, though, not I, mean, I bet I this mean. is good Can with, we fry that? I bet this is good <laughs> with vanilla can, ice cream. Thanks, to, If we could fry candied butter, that would be a delicacy, wouldn't it? Candied I I'm, I'm going to think about that while we take a break. Drinking news is on the way plus we yeah, are uh, We're going to start a booth for the uh rodeo <laughs> I, <on>. I <laughs> think so. Yeah, drink candied butter dunked. Uh we'll be right back with a little bit of drinking news and uh, according to Mark some bubbles, which I'm very excited about. My Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, show number 307. Halfway to
2: 333, y'all.
1: Yuletide Wines with Mark Burrell. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And of course, today, uh, a little more focus on wine as Mark is here with great stuff for the holidays. Now, I loved, absolutely loved, the first two wines. I'm particularly fond of that first one. Yeah. That first one was just... That was Ashes and Diamonds. Ashes and Diamonds Cavity oh, Franc. Wonderful, wonderful. they and they, they I do like make, them both.
0: They do make a, a whole slew of, of French-bridled style wines right. in Napa County. Uh, in fact, this, this is the southern end of Napa Valley, which I think is just really stunning what they're doing. And uh, I really love it. So. Um, before we
1: uh, jump into this, tell me about Napa and the drought and fires and stuff in California. Is is Napa in bad shape? Is everything okay?
0: Is it somewhere so it's in between? Not near as bad as it was in two thousand and seventeen. Okay, um, there were in two thousand and twenty there was a, a good number of, of um, Napa producers who just didn't make red wine at all. But right. Um, but I think we're beyond. We're starting to feel that effect now. But they, I think, a good number of the wineries have had a really good year. Um, good. They they think that 22 is a is a is a is a good is a good year value wise, mm-hmm. uh, tasting wise. And so um, I'm anxious to see how that turns out. We're starting to get some 21s, but you know, a lot of times um uh, for bigger red wines they need to sit a little longer so course, we won't yeah. see we won't see those for a few years
1: yeah. so but i was just interested because i read some stories early on when the wildfires were happening especially that made me think wow i wonder how much of napa is even going to be left to grow grapes there huh? were
0: back in 17 there were a few wineries that didn't make it mm-hmm. that yeah. um, that yeah. had some issues but fortunately it, specifically in that time a lot of the wine was already in barrel Mm-hmm. It had already been picked, and so they didn't have to worry about gotcha. taint. It was a little different in right, 20. Right, right, So, Very good. All right, so talk about what you poured for us here. This is Bubbles. This is, yes, this is Bubbles. This is Italian Bubbles. Um, it's 100% Brachetto from a region in Piedmont called Brachetto d'Aquille. And, and I don't know what Brachetto is. It's a region? Brachetto is not only the region, but it's also the varietal. So okay, this, gotcha.
2: Like, forgive my ignorance mm-hmm. if I sound like you know a, a yokel saying this, but it smells a little bit like iced tea. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I get a little bit of almost tea yeah I, know, I, know, what I know what you're saying I there's
0: there's an aged component to it I mean right, it's not an almost, aged wine but it it's has a fermented
1: uh, yes. a slight
2: fermented uh, n- on the nose so almost so uh, I think it's is what you're picking up on
0: uh, it's for me I'm sort of getting a sour kind of
2: yeah there's a little because iced tea has a little bitterness to it you know and
0: that's mm-hmm. that's maybe what I'm picking up on oh my now you're not going to get that on the on the on no the you palate. sure aren't because I just took all.
1: a drink wow uh, this is this is oh. very surprising.
0: Okay. It's not, so this is not something that. That, that is boisterous. Um, I, I, I wanted to throw a wrench at it, man. You certainly this did. is This is something different. So, um, this Bracchetto di Chi is typically known in Piedmont as a, an effervescent um, style of rose ish, almost red wine mm-hmm. um, that should be served ice cold um, it, because it does have a little bit of bubbles to it, but right. it's also slightly sweet. It has um, so they pick the grapes um, at a at a later time and they mm-hmm. um, and uh, they they the the juices concentrate in the berry. Um, and does that have a tendency to make it sweeter because yeah. there's more? Yeah, so think about like ice juice. wine when they're they're harvesting right. those grapes frozen. This right. is
2: oddly, I think, too sweet, but I can't stop drinking it. And I will mm-hmm. tell you that uh, that tea leaf note now it's distinctly more tea leaf than it is iced tea kind of now on the retro hail. It kind of shows up a little bit to me.
1: Very interesting.
2: I, uh, but this is something where on initial taste, I'm like, that's too sweet. But I keep drinking it. I can't. I, so see, a matter I know fact, what you're saying because I'm, I'm going to need more research. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.
0: There is <laughs> there there's an the, the acid component in it. Is um, it's not very acidic. The, I think the pH is is quite low. But but I think it's the really interesting that it's quite balanced. You know, yes, it's a little sweeter. Um, but there's a fruit component there to it. There's an acid component it doesn't, there to it.
2: It doesn't linger in a sickly sweet way. It actually kind of
1: cleans up really nice. Well, it does remind me a bit of an ice wine or a dessert wine of some mm-hmm. sort because of the sweetness. Yeah, uh,
2: the bubbles I think also can cut some of the sweet too because the bubbles tend to make it spicier uh, on the tongue a little right.
0: bit. Right, right. And, and brucato is you know it's, again I told you this wasn't champagne. It's not. It's the antithesis of champagne. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to bring something different um, for the holidays. I think this is a really cool like apertif, like into the night kind of. They have this. This is also really good in cocktails. We make a sangria oh. with this. Oh, I
2: bet that's amazing. I bet that is good, and in and it's sangria. really yep. really yep. tasty. Yep. This I can see this too. Uh, you know, after your like like your uh, mincemeat pie, that kind of thing. I mm-hmm. bet this goes amazing with that kind of weird savory sweet thing. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: So this is. I think this would be, and one of the reasons I brought this is because, not being a smoker, I think that this, from what I know and from what I can smell and I'm around cigar Mm -hmm, smokers, mm -hmm. I would think that this might be really interesting with a cigar.
2: I bet this would go with something in the Connecticut range, like, Really, really nice. The uh, like Perdomo Champagne, or the right, Patel, uh, yeah.
0: Connecticut,
2: those mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Aladino, uh, any of those. Because you know.
0: the sweetness isn't just overpoweringly sweet. The short there's, story. There's either. a little. There's there's some earth to it. There's some body to it. There's some interesting uh, notes to this that I think it's really. really So
2: this this tastes uh, boisterous and a little frivolous, but it, you're you're right. There's an earthiness to it that makes it not taste like like it's trying to be. Uh, Commercially acceptable? <laughs> I don't know right. what the word is. It's it's it's, it's, it's down to earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's very down to earth. Doing yeah, what it does doubt. to me, this is like this is almost like a wine equivalent of a barley wine. It's just a different thing, and if you like it, you like it. You know, um, and it's
1: sort of like hashtag sorry not sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You know? It's
2: like, I am what I am, as Papa used to say. I really, really oddly like this.
1: Yeah, it it really is good. Now, I will say, this is the exact opposite of what I usually look for in uh, a sparkling wine. I usually look for very dry, uh, very not sweet. I've even found, my wife actually brought home uh, a couple of Proseccos Mm -hmm. that were not so sweet that Mm -hmm. I really, really liked. Um, but but this one is definitely more sweet. I mean you gotta you gotta give in to that. Well, uh, and it says so. You, you if yeah. you're
0: looking at prosecco that says brood on it, then you know what you're getting. Right. This one does say dolce um, right. on the label, so um, so you you know that this is going to be a little sweeter than than. Um, than you might expect but it's some it's absolutely completely different than anything i've brought different than anything i've ever had and, really I think nice. it's, and i think it's festive for the holidays it is
2: this is why like i love to try new things when you're like okay i've got something that might be that interesting this is something i never like on paper i never would have picked out i never would have looked at that and gone okay i'm gonna try that over a bunch of other things but this now that i have tried this is but and, really and not only
0: that but this is this is just begging to be mixed with stuff. I think right. this. I could see it in Gin and a sure. little mint would be really delicious in this. Yeah, that'd be um, like I said, we we make a, a a sangria with this. With instead of fruit, or fruit juice, we use fruit flavored um, like limoncello. We use orange cello. We uh, use a little yeah, bit of you grapefruit use the, in there. If yeah, spirit.
2: Yeah. So
0: I, this is that, that. It's it's a really fun thing. It gives it body, it gives it texture, it gives it a little. So it Does, it has
2: it has an interesting mouthfeel too because like. It tastes bigger and sweeter than it feels in the mouth, but the bubbles also add a little bit to that too. I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and you're right; they're tiny, tiny. The 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 Italians are calling it this effervescent. <clears> they're <throat> not calling it sparkling at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that those bubbles are so tiny, and it's, it's very tiny, but it's just enough to make it yeah. fun.
1: Fun times, really cool. Fun times, and I think it uh, lines us up perfectly for the next segment on the program. It's a little thing we've all come to know and kind of sort of love, called Drinking News.
2: Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news, drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, "A uh, a gator carried it into the swamp." <laughs> drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for okay news. this has been
1: this has been the theme of today's show just nothing nothing <laughs> lining up quite right. I should have played... No, nah, I just wanted to... I want
2: Gator to the vet. Yeah, that sounded you. much like you. Yeah, yeah, much, much.
1: But if you remember, there was a specific reason for that, because we had a story right, where... we had where that
2: one story. The Gator
1: carried it into the swamp. <laughs> so that was the reason we had that. I just did
2: not have it marked clearly. Do we, do we need to redo it? A Florida uh, man with one arm said he had a Gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said... Uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. <laughs> drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. That had to be rowdy. Huh? By
1: the way, we are working on, just so you know, we've been we've been working on this. In fact, I think Mark did one of these for us when he was here last time. We're working on getting those on video. And uh, Adam in the cloud, who does... All the post production on the show. Adam's going to Adam insert into the show. them. Yes, he will insert them in the appropriate place. Adam but will. We just Adam. haven't sent him quite a quite enough of them yet. <laughs> All right, so I got one chuckle. I'm happy. Wow. Well, here, in, here. In, uh, uh, let me just remind oh, you at for this a cheap point, laugh. just in case, and. Cheap laughs are all we're going to get today, trust me. <laughs> uh, just in case you are uh, new to Drinking News, I will remind you that our uh, news stories on Drinking News, are uh, they are true. They actually happen somewhere, uh, as to the best of our knowledge, anyway. They're not from the onion, in other words. They're not, they're not made up on purpose. Uh, they are news that we've collected from somewhere that seems to be a semi-reputable source. And uh, they are sometimes, but not always, about drinking, but they're always probably best listened to and enjoyed when you've been. Drinking, and so here we go, drinking news number 307, ladies and gentlemen
2: I was just doing this whole glass shuffle, where, I was watching like, which you. one has the wine mm-hmm. in it
1: But yeah, I was going to say, I'm able to tell which one has the wine, so uh, <laughs> it didn't it's, work It's a pretty easy trick
0: Am I the only one that brings glasses? Yes
1: uh,
0: Okay <laughs> Occasionally, uh,
1: we some, have some someone that brings, uh, glasses, uh, uh, glasses,
2: yeah. uh, like Glen Karen's. Yeah Okay Yeah So
1: all right, well here in Houston, Texas. (laughs) Oh, this is gonna be good. We used to have this guy on the local news who was somewhat of a wacky local celebrity.
2: Marvin Zindler. He talked really loud. Eyewitness news. He he wore these weird
1: blue tinted glasses.
2: Slime and ice machine. And his
1: whole gig was going around town to various restaurants and grading them on their cleanliness and safety in the kitchen. He was particularly fond of checking out their ice dispensers. And when he found issues, which he often did, he would yell out, Slime in the Ice Machine. And in fact, he even had a little song that would play, if I remember correctly. Oh, I didn't a know that. Slime in the Ice Machine Jingle. And the, the, the dancing ice cubes—I I do remember seeing it somewhere. <laughs> Marvin you, Zindler. You can look him up. Ah, witness news. You can look him up on uh, on uh, YouTube. His name was Marvin Zindler, and the local news, quite frankly, has not been the same since he passed away.
2: They haven't been the same, or they haven't recovered
1: from him. Either is—I don't know either which either is <laughs> particularly correct. Marvin Zindler, however, would be horrified by today's story on drinking news. Today's story also poses the question, if you're from Chicago... Would
2: it give him razor burn?
1: It might. (laughs) It might. Okay, so today's story also poses the question, if you're from Chicago, but you find yourself in Florida, and you wind up getting arrested there, does that
2: make you a Florida man? I think outside of Florida, it makes you a Florida man, but in Chicago... Or in Florida makes you a Chicago man. Well, in today's story,
1: we're just going to say a Florida man, who was actually from Chicago, uh, was arrested at a beachside bar in St. Petersburg. He was on vacation and therefore was off duty. But back in Chicago, he apparently was a law enforcement officer, which makes this all the more puzzling as it's pretty clear he should known... He should have known that he was breaking the law. At around 1230 in the morning on December 5th, the bar was hopping. Customers were sipping Mai Tais and other tropical drinks and even remarking about how great everything tasted. An employee of the bar was preparing a round of drinks when he went to the ice machine to discover 30-year-old Henry Capuche, a vacationing cop from Chicago, doing something that is definitely not condoned by the Illinois or even the Florida police handbooks. Oh no. Dude was going full R. Kelly on the ice machine. (laughs) Yep. Off-duty cop was taking a whiz right into the ice machine. Oh, no. The employee yelled at him to stop, at which time, you know, Marvin's in rolling over in his grave
2: right now. The, right? the problem is, you know, like once you've started, there's no stopping. Right. Like if you're a guy, like <laughs> right. we all know this, and, right? There's, like, and think about <laughs> this. There's, there's no stopping. But, but the, on top of that, like you've ruined the ice when you're, like, even before you started. Oh, like, for sure. No one wants for that sure. ice. And think about this
1: most commercial ice machines, the place where you open it up to get you know, to scoop out the ice, is at about like chest level, which means in order to pee in it, you have to climb up on a stool or a chair or something. Or he was he was arcing the stream. Well, we all know what that well. is. He could have been as well.
2: Come on, you. We all know when you're going for distance, not for speed. Yeah. <laughs> right. The employee who uh,
1: <laughs> who was headed for the ice machine yelled at the man to stop. At which time, Henry Capuche. Turned toward him and did the (laughs) same, causing the employee to have to duck and cover. Uh, He reports that the urinator cursed at him. The urinator! Imagine
0: that, that, right? Uh, He does not wear tights. And then came
1: over and shoved him aggressively several times. A security guard was called in, and Capuch resisted him as well. It's not clear if he'd put his junk away by then or if it was (laughs) still just flopping out everywhere during the altercation. (laughs)
2: Police arrived to f- wagging the dog, so to speak. <laughs> Police arrived
1: to uh, find Capoosh and his girlfriend sitting on the sand outside the bar, still trying to scuffle with the guard and eventually with the officers themselves. He was arrested for battery and disorderly conduct and whisked away to a holding cell. Uh, this leaves me with a couple of thoughts.
2: <laughs> there, there are so many questions. What do you
1: mean? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, if you're at a Florida beach bar and your drink tastes kind of funny send it back and order a beer number two i'm going to say that no matter where you are actually from there is apparently something weird that happens when you go to florida that if you're not careful can make you at least an honorary florida man and finally marvin Zindler, wherever you are (laughs) i wish you were still with us today i miss your blue glasses your full head of white hair and how oh. you made the news entertaining every time you were Do you remember all every the, time remember all the
2: like, face tucks and stuff that he had? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the longer he's, he's he was on, the crazier looking. the face started to look. But
1: most of all, Marvin, I would love to hear the new song that you would have to write and play <laughs> for Pee in the Ice Machine. <laughs> Maybe Ian can come up with something on the ukulele for us. I think that kind of worked. Drinking
2: news, drinking news. That's <laughs> time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> in the ice machine. Uh,
1: how long's it been since you thought of that? It's I mean, been and years. anyone who lived here in Houston knows knows what that's about. But it
2: was a staple. <laughs> like, like yeah. I actually used to, I used to actually watch. The news just to see him say oh, slimy, and, and you video. know that people did that. And That's who wondering. was the other guy that always got really drunk and went out and watched local bands? Because <laughs> we met him a few times. He was funny. <laughs> I, I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember. Dude, that guy, oh, that man. guy was a that guy was um, an interesting cat because he had these huge bags under his eyes at all times, even when he was on the news. Like, how did you get that <laughs> job, bro? <laughs> love it. I, I mean, he was living it. his job, I'm living the dream. He was doing. That's what he it. was doing. Wow! All right, I'm
1: going to have a little more of this as we uh, as we move forward here on the show. Uh, Mark, um, you mentioned that you guys obviously are, are booked for this year, but um, thinking you know in advance for next year for other things that are special, you guys have more than one party room that you can. Uh, there's several, you can book? so yeah.
0: I can accommodate a group of eight or ten. I can accommodate a group of eighty. So nice. there's there's several different rooms that we can that we can work with.
1: Nice. And uh, do you do Is it regular menu
0: when you do that, or is it a a special off menu? Yeah, if you have um, more than a, a handful of people... Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to require that you have a, um, a set menu. But right. We have there on on the website there are three sample set menus. All right. So in you can go and look and see what you yeah, can right. take a can look at what that might Can mean? you
2: imagine them limiting your choices to <laughs> only being this amazing thing or that amazing thing or the other amazing thing? <laughs> right. I know. Uh, the, the
1: food is just we're, so. We're
0: going to make sure you have an amazing time. I mean,
2: <laughs> the food is
1: really just yeah. so incredible. I mean,
2: there. it's not like going. It's not like going to your your buddy's wedding where you get the dry steak or. The dry chicken Right, exactly <laughs> <You know? laughs> Oh
1: man uh, But I lo- my favorite thing On your menu Is the, the mixed grill the, uh, Oh yeah That's the, where you get To sample all these Different so kinds of So I broke, of broke that's out Of favorite. ordering
2: that The last time I was there I broke out of ordering that And ordered something else uh, And and I, I feel like I've done the mixed grill So many times That mm-hmm. I have to actually Now Expand and go around the menu a little bit I That makes real is amazing though. But yeah it is because you get to taste the elk And you get to taste yeah. the, there's the, 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 the uh, Usually the venison
0: yeah. or, uh, or duck Yeah because it changes uh, right wild boar yeah. or, There's all kinds of stuff I actually
1: there. felt a little like Ted Nugent while I was eating it You know, <laughs> <laughs> Almost as if I'd gone out with an arrow And shot it
2: myself the yeah. Little wang tang sweet um, <laughs> Sweet elk um, <laughs> Yeah Okay
1: It's getting weird. We haven't even talked about (laughs) Nick Cage. I know, but we can do that when we come back. We'll do it in the final segment. So, uh, we did go way off the rails on Nick Cage last show. It was good. Uh, It was good. All right. We will take a break and be back for our final goodbyes. Mark Burrell in the studio. Great wines in the studio. This is Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. Hello. Welcome back to Smoking and Toastin', our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name I is Cruz, my uh, my co-host is uh, Ian Barry, uh, behind the wheels of steel, John Lee, and uh, Adam in the cloud, our producer, taking care of everything in post-production. Stop our Adam. guest is, yeah, Adam, we miss you. Adam's going to be here, actually, uh, uh, next week, I think, Ooh. so uh, I don't know if he'll be here on the show, but he'll be in town, so we got to arrange for... Uh, Uh, A little drinking somewhere. That'll be fun. Uh, Anyway, our uh, special guest is uh, our wine expert for Smoking and Toasting, Mr. Mark Burrell. He's brought in some fabulous stuff, and we (laughs) appreciate it. Next week's show, Ian, uh, will be our last one. We're we're not going to do a show the the week after Christmas. We'll take that week off. Uh, But we will do one uh, for next week. And I'm, I'm just thinking that will be our Christmas show. So I was thinking maybe both of us just bring in stuff we like and drink it. Like, I'm down with that. Like we also less, have we also have some formal. video
2: that we need to put out from uh Oh you're right, you're right. From um uh from your lone pine.
1: Uh, from your lone pine. So we'll put that in next week's show.
2: That's gotta be and, there. and
1: maybe we'll talk about it off air but that's uh, really
2: fun by the way. But
1: I think that what we what we might do is just you bring in stuff you like, I'll bring in stuff I like, and we'll trade Z. You know? We'll go here, try this. I'm down with that. That sounds fun? Yeah, okay, let's do it. I'll bring a bunch of IPA stuff. It's a trade show. You bring a bunch of brand of uh, barley wine. Great, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you're welcome to come. <laughs> uh, it's but it's just our Christmas show, so we'll give gifts of of you know what time we'll be here. If you feel France, like I just if you feel like just go, what the heck's yeah, going yeah. on? <laughs> uh, and and if you show up, we could be like the three wise men. Otherwise. We'll just be the two dudes. It's our Christmas show. Yeah. You don't have to wear pants or nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Eat exactly. all. I don't know what so, that means. So uh, anyway, we'll we'll look forward to that. And yes, you're absolutely welcome to come. We'll uh, we'll share our we'll share our frankincense and myrrh with you, or or, or a lack of sense of Maybe mir. just maybe just some beers and, and spirits.
0: Two so. of the hundred things that I love.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, listen, thank you so much. These were uh, delicious. They were fascinating, and uh, these are all on the menu can, at yes. the Rainbow Lodge. Can yes. we
2: get a good picture of this table, like the wine glass wreckage? The that we <laughs> made <laughs> of it. I <laughs> love this. This is all this over is the, the sign yeah. of something we succeeded at. Yeah,
1: John, maybe you can pick one of these <laughs> up. And, yeah. That's what it looks like right there. That's good. That's very good. There it goes. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm still swirling this one, which means I'm going to drink more. Um, to film, no, seriously, man. really delicious stuff, great fun, and uh, thank you so much. Always, uh, always interesting and, and fun. And I always get a new favorite every time you're, uh, every time you're on the show, which is awesome. And all Have by the way, it. on the menu at the uh, at the Rainbow Lodge, and from what I understand, you could also get any of these to go from That's the Rainbow right. Lodge because they might be a little hard to find in, uh, at retail.
0: Yeah, a lot a of the, a lot of history. the stuff that we have on the list is is not of av- just not available, um, at retail. Now you might find something at like the wine merchant or mm-hmm. one of the smaller boutique shops, but um, for the most part, a good number of the wines we have just aren't available. And that, I do that for a couple of reasons. First of all, I can't compete with HEB or Specs. I, I I'm not buying truckloads of right. of wine. Number two, I'd really like for you to come and see me. I'd really love for yeah. you to come and hang out and uh, and and try some something fun. different. Yeah. I so I love that the fact that like. Your
2: curated wine cellar is your your palate telling you this is what's good. Yeah, and this is this is what I like, and it doesn't have to be a brand name. It doesn't have to be Franzia. I'm no, sorry, no. Well, I'm I was just, just about just to say about that. that there's
0: a lot of brand names that we do carry for that reason. Yeah, we happen, but not, not that to, one. We happen not to carry Franzia. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: don't have? Do you have a a nice like? Vintage of Little Red Truck. No, I'm just. Uh, that's, Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. But, uh, no, I mean, I think that's really cool, though, because everything you try when you go there is going to be something unique and something you have handpicked. And I think that's amazing.
1: And I just want to say, you know, if I, you, you can't totally
2: diss Little Red Truck
1: because when you're at Walgreens at 1.30 in the morning... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It, it, you're it buying a bag of the button. You're buying a bag of cashews. It pushes a button. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, well, Mark, we so appreciate you, thank uh, you expanding our minds and our palates here on uh, on wine, and it's always so much fun uh, when you're here. And uh, of course, you're welcome to come back and hang out next week's uh, Christmas show if you want to. I, I totally seriously mean it. So thank you. Uh, so, uh, Ian, uh, start thinking what you want to bring in. What do you want to? What do you want to try to impress me with? and I'll think of what I want to try and impress you with. How about that? All right. All right. Sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, I got
2: some black cherry uh, mead, and I've got... That's exactly
1: <laughs> what I was hoping for.
2: I've got this special bottle of barrel-aged... Uh, of barrel-aged barrel rum? Malort. <laughs> oh, Malort.
1: Okay, good. We'll be looking forward to that. Uh, folks, thanks for hanging with us all year. It has been uh, super fun. Uh, next week's show, number 308, will be our... Uh, final one for uh 2022 and then we'll bask in the warmth and excitement of a new year so uh thank you mark again cheers thank and, you uh, cheers y'all
2: cheers, uh...